Our New Testament scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 19. We're going to start with the 28th verse, and it goes like this. The Jewish leaders led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Roman governor's palace. It was early in the morning. So that they could eat the Passover, the Jewish leaders wouldn't enter the palace. Entering the palace would have made them ritually impure. So Pilate went out to them and asked, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered, If he has done nothing wrong, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. Pilate responded, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. And the Jewish leaders replied, The law doesn't allow us to kill anyone. This was so that Jesus' words might be fulfilled, indicating how he was going to die. Pilate went back into the palace. He summoned Jesus and asked, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others spoken to you about me? Pilate responded, I am not a Jew. Am I? Your nation and its chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replied, My kingdom doesn't originate from this world. If it did, my guards would fight so that I wouldn't have been arrested by the Jewish leaders. My kingdom isn't from here. So you are a king, Pilate asked. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. I was born and came into the world for this reason, to testify to the truth. Whoever accepts the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? Pilate asked. After Pilate said this, he returned to the Jewish leaders and said, I find no grounds for any charge against him. You have a custom that I release one prisoner for, your, for you at Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? And they shouted, no, give us Barabbas. Barabbas was an outlaw. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I'm going to tell you straight up that this has been, a, that I don't have a clear thing this morning. <laughs> okay. Some, sometimes you read the scripture and it speaks to you and you got it. And this morning, I've wrestled all week with the truth of what this story is about. And I'm just going to tell you straight up that I don't have a truth. So I'm just inviting you to walk through this process with me. Okay. Here's the problem. This passage has been used for hundreds of years as an excuse to hate Jewish people. This is it. This is the passage. They cite this passage. You see, it was the Jews who passed Jesus over to the Romans. And Pilate didn't want to kill Jesus. Pilate, the good Gentile, obviously had clean hands in this process. And it was the evil Jews who did this. Do you understand where this process, this thinking comes from? And I think, well, I don't just think it wasn't just me, but I've read a lot. And I think that we need to be careful when we take things at face value sometimes. Because John, the gospel writer of John, told this story with an agenda, with a purpose. And that's not a bad thing. Everybody writes things on purpose. Like you don't just sit down and write something to write something. Most people don't free write just for fun, right? And John's intention was to, to show the Roman people, the Roman government, that Christians could survive in the Roman world, that they weren't a threat. Because what was happening when John was writing this passage was a lot of people being martyred for being Christians, right? Paul dies in Rome at the hands of Caesar. Peter dies in Rome at the hands of Caesar. 
Stephen dies in Jerusalem at the hands of Caesar. Do you see how there's a theme here? And the early Christians are deathly afraid of the government. And so John, who writes this gospel in about 100 AD, is trying to justify why Christians were safe. And so he takes this story, which he could not possibly have known. Did you notice there are no witnesses testified to in this story? John is not in the room with Pilate. And unless Jesus somehow snuck a message out to John, John was not an eyewitness to this story. And so he's cobbling it together from things that he heard, from maybe people who heard things, rumors, you know how rumors go. And he has a vested interest to show that Pilate was innocent. And the problem with that is that we have other people who wrote about history. <laughs> the Bible is not our only source, right? There was a guy named Josephus who wrote um, history contemporaneous with Jesus' life. So it was a Greek writer who was writing at the same time that Jesus existed, right? So we can look at the two things and compare them. And Josephus tells us that Pilate is uniquely bloodthirsty. Pilate had crucified 100 people the week before Jesus was crucified. Pilate was going around killing everybody. If you were at all a threat to Pilate's government, Pilate was getting rid of you. He had no problems, no problems sentencing people to death. So why all of a sudden does he have a problem with Jesus? Why all of a sudden does Pilate have a problem crucifying this one guy who's not even fighting, not even violent? Something's amiss. Something is amiss in this story. I don't think that the Jewish authorities were uniquely at fault. I don't think that Pilate was uniquely at fault. I think what happened was that all three of these groups found themselves caught up in the middle of a political drama bigger than themselves. The Jews were afraid because they knew the emperor wanted to get rid of them as a people. They knew they were at the hand, about to be genocided. I don't know how that's a word, but they knew that they were in a precarious position, that if they took one step the wrong direction, Rome was going to get rid of them, and Rome does not too far after this story takes place. Pilate was on loose ends, too. You see, Rome had gotten word about how violent Pilate was and how much he was stirring up all this violence in Israel, and they weren't super happy with him either. So Pilate is on another end of the rope, and he's trying to keep this side happy and that side happy, and he's not a particularly nice guy to begin with. And Jesus walks himself right into the middle of that drama. Walks right into the middle of that drama. And he says, I know you've got problems, and I know you've got problems, and none of those problems are mine. I'm here to die. I'm here to die to to save the world. And you guys can argue about what reason I'm here. I'm sure I'm here for something. I'm sure I did something wrong, right? <laughs> I'm sure I did something wrong to be here. So can you just make up something and so I can go and do what I'm supposed to be doing, right? All three of them are stuck in the middle of a situation outside of their control with no good choices. There was no good choices. It would have been, it, it was Jesus that week. It could have been any number of people who were plotting, plotting um, insurrection. And the Jews had invested interest in putting that down. 
putting it away. The Romans had a vested interest in not having a rival king against Herod. And all three of them are just players in a reality outside of their control. And Jesus uniquely was the only one who made the choice to be there. He walked right into the middle of it and he said, I'm going to stand here. And when Pilate says what is truth, what he means is not, I don't know what's true, because he knew what was true. He knew what the situation was. What he meant is truth doesn't matter in this situation. I know you're innocent, but right now that doesn't matter. It's what you stand for that's the problem. Last week I heard um, a sermon from an evangelical preacher in Tennessee. His name was Mike um, Wood. And he said this line, which stuck with me. It's that the people that he knew that he was friends with had traded political access for the, for the prophetic truth. They traded political access for the prophetic truth. And I wonder how many times we do that. That we trade getting along with people for the truth. That we trade going along to get along. We trade being an easy life for the truth. How long we think that we are the sole arbiters of what is true and so therefore get stuck in this psychodrama. Because obviously I'm right and that side is wrong and so we're going to escalate all of this tension. And I wonder how many times that we step into that middle of that tension, into the middle of that reality, and we are not Jesus. How many times we step into that reality and we're either Rome or the Jewish authorities? And we ramp up the tension, we ramp up the anger, we ramp up the violence because we want access or power or an easy life or whatever it is that causes it to be easier to stand for one side or the other than to speak up for the truth. All the people in the story thought that they were true. All the people in this story thought they were right. Every single one of them thought they were doing the best thing at the best time. And neither one of them, none of them, were listening to one another. Neither one of them could see the other person's reality. And Jesus steps in the middle of that and says, I'm the truth. All of the stuff that you're arguing about, all of this stuff, all of this anger and hatred and violence and all of it, None of it matters because I'm the truth. And you may think you're right. You may think that you are right. And you may think the other person is evil and violent and wrong. You may think that, and I get that. Jesus says, but I am the truth. My kingdom is not of this world. And so how many times are we too caught up in the midst of a cycle that is bigger than ourselves and that we have no control over? How many times have we broken relationships over things that are out of our control? How many times have we gotten angry and violent with someone else because of political realities or emotional realities or family realities? We've broken that. We've created that cycle of violence because we can't see a way out, because we don't know what truth is. I don't know. I feel like everything's become life or death lately. Like literally everything is life or death. And then if you're not on one side or the other that you're, I don't know, wrong, or if you're on, I don't know, even 
everything seems to be like the last possible decision, the last possible train stop, the last possible thing. And if I'm right, then you are super wrong, and not only wrong, but evil. And we use faith and truth in the Bible to beat each other with it. And I think we need to stop. I think we need to stop, and I think we need to take a step back, and we need to be listening for the word of God in the midst of that. And we need some humility to acknowledge that we don't always know what that is. And that we're caught up in a cycle of violence and hatred. And that we can step into the middle of that and say, no more. We can step into the middle of that and say, but none of this is about truth unless it's about God's truth. So, I don't know, maybe step out of it. Maybe that's what we need to do, is just step out of it and find other ways to raise our voices, find other ways to participate, other ways to say this is what truth is. Because when it comes down to it, what's truth is taking food to homeless, to people who need help. What's truth is having it maybe coming together for fun to raise money for people who need food and water and shelter in another part of the world. Maybe truth is about loving one another and caring about one another more than caring about being right. And so we can stand outside the room and call for Barabbas. We can stand outside the room and blame one side or the other. We can blame the religious authorities or we can blame Pilate. We can do that, but it gets us absolutely nowhere except for to continue that silence, that cycle. So maybe this week let's be brave and stand in the middle of the room and make a good choice for Jesus to stop and listen long enough to find out what that truth is. Amen.